0: Yo, yo, yo. We're back again. Raps on TV reporting live. You know what it is? It's been the summer of football. The World Cup was on, so we had to take a bit of time out. I got a new baby. Tom's got a new job and now has got to go on his holiday. So yeah, we're back though. Um, back with the, with, with the gang. Um, so quickly going to get into it. Um, thanks everyone that's been continued supporting all the Facebook pages. Love that, seeing that activity on social media. Um this weekend we had a big weekend of boxing in terms of uh, what was going down at the 0-2. Uh, we saw Dillian White who continues to go from strength to strength with a bullying win over our Joseph Parker. Um, jo- Joshua Buazzi continues to impress with a first round knockout over his opponent. Um, Anthony Fowler also got a good win um, stopping his opponent which was early on the card as well as seeing victories for Dave Allen um, with a great knockout. Uh, out of nowhere against uh, Nick Webb um, And the big man Del Boy is back After looking tired In what most people call a phone booth fight uh, Derek Chisor stops Takam in the 8th round Something that we know uh, 12 months ago or less than Joshua, Anthony Joshua couldn't do that So yeah, over to my co-host Inam Inam, what's up? Guten tag Guten tag, bonjour Welcome back Back fight
1: fans. What a weekend of boxing eh Heard for Heard and Sonny again, he put on a great show, no one, can, no one can deny, regardless how much they hate her, what a great promoter this guy is, right, and following from what you said, you know, we also saw something Dillian White do, that Joshua didn't do, he also put down Parker, so we're going to be covering all of that, we've got Frank Warren who came on the talk show, to our know, talk sport, and you know, told us that what Fury is in Serious negotiations are fighting with Wilder, possibly in November, December. So we to have a catch-up, catch about that. And he, and he also talked about the contract that he's seen, um, you know, which Shelly Finkel showed to him, which shows numerous guarantees from legitimate, credible companies like Showtime. So uh, join the conversation on oh one five oh six two four three four oh three if you're in the UK, and if you're over the States, you do. Eight one eight seven nine four seven zero zero four. You might be asked to use a PIN, which is one one nine four. Today we're also joined by
2: another Rats on TV member, Thomas Lyons. Good weekend, Tom. Yeah, good weekend, and I'm um, and uh, thanks again for having me on the uh, the podcast this week. Like My pleasure. 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 Yeah, so like you just mentioned there, you know, set agenda uh, this week. We're also going to be covering Louis Ortiz's second round win over Kajanu, a previous opponent of Joseph Parker. Also going to be breaking down Mikey Garcia's convincing points victory over Robert Easter Jr. uh, for that unification of the IBF and WBC titles. And also the demands for the Errol Spence Jr. fight that sort of circulated after that impressive victory. So yeah, like I just said, um, just join the conversation the numbers there you know it's been given out so yeah just join the conversation and any questions we'll
0: be more than happy to answer so yeah no thank, thank, thanks tom good good to have you back on as well um i mean before we get into it this was a show where we shouldn't really necessarily be talking about anthony joshua or have to mention anthony joshua but it seems like there was a running theme on saturday night whether it was domestically or inter- internationally um joshua's name was brought up um but the key one was two former oppo- opponents um, down in the London O2 Arena. Uh, Dillian White, a guy that Joshua beat in 2015, uh, taking on Joseph Parker, who recently relinquished his belts to Anthony Joshua in a unification fight which took place early, earlier this year. Um, guys, you saw the fight. Um, what do you think? How did you assess each fighter?
1: So, just to follow on from the point you just made, where Joshua wasn't really involved this weekend, I want to draw that scene into this fight. You know, one thing that made Joshua such an explosive character and such a big, massive fan favourite was his fighting style, Mm -hmm. where he was knocking out fans, right? And it was ultimately the massive promotion behind his Klitschko fight. And ultimately, what happened in that fight that made him such a megastar, right? Mm-hmm. But what we've seen subsequently is his performance has changed completely. He really didn't stop Takam, right? The way he stopped Takam is how Chizora stopped Takam. That was a stoppage, right? That yeah. did not happen in the Joshua fight, right? And likewise, with the Parker fight, it was just a bore fest, you know? So what was going on in that fight? We all know about the referee story. Don't go back into it. So what we're expecting now, with this fight... Including Parker and Joseph Parker, it was a brilliant fight, I have to say. You know, Parker was too—you know—too. To in my opinion, should have done a lot more in the earlier rounds. I think the size advantage that uh, White had probably played a large part of it. I think it probably left uh, Parker exhausted because to keep one guy like that's one stone heavier off on you, that amount of energy, you're gonna have to exert to keep him off. It will drain you, right? So, you know, you can see he started off, started off really well, really fast jabs, in and out movement. He was clearly the quicker of the two, uh, far more technically better of the two fighters as well. And I think over the course of the fight, Dillian White just wore, wore him down. And he was out of sheer exhaustion, I think probably it was exhaustion where he got caught with a flash knockdown and he went down. Because prior to that, he got caught quite a few times by White, quite clean, and he sort of like just shook through it you know, mm-hmm. and likewise, you know, he came on strong strong towards the end of the fight, and White was exhausted by this point as well. Ultimate soldier, I mean, he went down as well, you know, he went down heavy. I thought the referee gave him a lot of time, you know, he gave him more than 10 seconds. If you look into counting again, it was almost like 15, 16 seconds, because so he gets up, he's holding him by, you know, by the top of his uh, shorts for know, four or five seconds, then he lets the fight go on. So Parker lost a you know, good, good, good few seconds there, you know, which he could have used for, for, for a stoppage. But overall, fantastic fight. You know, and one that I think, you know, if you speak to a lot of fans, especially the casuals, if they saw that, they're going to be on the Dylan White bandwagon. But right? this is exactly what happened with Joshua. And what's, that, what's happening with this, and I think we'll carry on with the feud negotiations with Wilder later on, right? you have something like the feud of Wilder fight happen and off the back of two explosive fights in the weekend, I think it will impact Joshua's fan base. That's my personal opinion. Over to you, Tom.
2: Yeah, just picking up from that, I think um, Parker was, you know, in the last fight, very negative against Joshua. Probably thought that he could coast through the opening a few rounds, and I thought it was a similar situation with this fight. A lot of the time, Dylan White's opponents, they kind of get into the ring, and they're thinking he's not going to start quick, you know. But Dylan White uh, you know, give credit where credit's due. He's able to go through the gears when it does, you know, get tough down those championship rounds and down the stretch he's very you know, he's able to wear opponents down. Obviously Parker's much more uh gay, mobile and is able to evade a lot more shots than what Lucas Brown was able to, but I think it was just too little too late for uh, Joseph Parker to have any sort of um, you know, assertion on the fight and really and then nick rounds because it. I mean, with boxing skills, you're able to, you know, nick the rounds here and there when they are close. But I think just on purely on work rate, Dylan White was able to sort of manhandle Parker, and that's what got him the victory in the end. Yeah, I what mean, I think. think about, what when, what, what when, do you think
1: about Foch and Beniu scoring um, before we go? We're going to ask Foch, uh, do uh, in the as well, But so, what was? What do you hmm. think of the way? I were assessing the
2: fight and and the scoring by watching Billy. Do you think he was biased? Yeah, I thought it was. I, thought, I was looking at the uh, the French scorecards in between rounds. I think it got to the eighth round, and I was seeing something like seven one to white, and I was just thinking, like you know, at least if it was you know six two, maybe five three, and they did give him you know white the majority of the rounds, then you could probably put a case to say you know he was nicking him. But I I felt personally the rounds were much closer. I just thought yeah. that if you are going to score the rounds to why it was going to be purely on work rate, right? being able to oh. sort of rustle and tussle up on the inside and outwork Parker in those areas where he's a bit yeah. more, you know, not as strong as what ended out to be. Yeah, what about you, guys? How did you assess the fight? Y-
0: yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. For me, I think uh, that you guys kind of said most of it. I think the, my disappointment disappointment really was around Parker. Um I've not been a huge fan of him. The times I have seen him really are against Ruiz, uh, Fury, and obviously Joshua. And for me, I think I think he's just he's he's, he's got lucky with a belt, and I think he's just a, a a version of Charles Martin. Maybe that's super harsh, but I mean, you fight for unification belt, you 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 don't you don't leave it all on the line. You get pointed, you get that pointed out to you, and you know the opponent that's kind of in your face, even from the weighing. Um, in the face-to-face, you saw signs that he wasn't really on it the way Dylan White was on it. And, you know, fighting yeah. is about using your strengths and fighting to your strengths. And Dylan White fought to his strength. Um, I, I liked the fight. I was I was, I was, was happy. I thought it was very entertaining. Um, I know if there was an extra minute, White probably would have lost the fight. But did Parker really deserve it? To have to get active in the 12th round and then, you know, by energy levels being sapped, you know, you get the knockdown... Um, I thought it was good that White showed some smarts to kind of prevent uh, Parker from being able to do any further damage. So, yeah, I was impressed. Um, And, yeah, I mean, going back to your point, and I'm sure we're going to touch on it further, is, yeah, I do think, you know, it said a lot about how White was able to apply a lot more pressure on Parker. And it was kind of more or less the same Parker, maybe a less engaging Parker. Um, White was able to apply more pressure, whereas Joshua didn't do the same effect on a guy that, was f- trying to fight in the inside, was up and close. So, yeah, yeah I think it was an interesting yeah. thing yeah. from a tactic point of view.
2: Yeah, and uh, Coach, obviously touched on there, um, you know, Parker's work rate and sort of reluctance to engage early on in the fight. Why do you think, like, taking into account, you know, he's come to um, Joshua's backyard, now White again, come to, um, you know, an opponent's backyard, why do you think he's so reluctant to, Start
0: applying the pressure early on in fights, yeah, I mean my opinion um I just think he's a nice guy um I think we've kind of seen that in the gloves mm. are off um you know, I don't think maybe he's even a true heavyweight he is a big guy, but I don't know there's something about his frame that is a bit smallish um I don't know yeah, I just don't think he I don't think he's as an aggressive guy to fight at the- elite level, you know, maybe in in New Zealand and you know that 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 region. You know, you can get by, he's got some skills, you know, he's got a decent boxing ability. But, he, I mean, have you been impressed with any of the fights you've seen him in? I don't know how many times you've yeah, watched I mean, him. I mean, like,
1: to go back to the question, um, whilst Parker's saw like to Gage, I think, I think you saw, like, him the nail on their head in some ways, because it's too, too big to be a cruiserweight. Let's let, you know, mm-hmm. they, 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 we can take that for granted. It's too, it's too big to be a cruiserweight. Yeah. The issue we have these days with the heavyweights, you have got super heavyweights now, mm. right? You know, you go back eighties, yeah. nineties. That was a heavyweight, six foot three, six foot four, two twenty, you know, two twenty-five, that kind of size. I mean, Klitschko dominated the heavyweight scene because of his sheer size, six foot eight, right? No one could touch him because of that. And obviously, he's technically very good, right? Mm. The fact that he's technically so good and he has a massive size advantage prevents him. Anyone can passion him, really, right? Which led to when the first time we fought Tyson Fury, right? You know, Tyson Fury was the bigger man, and basically the tactics he deployed for the last ten years were out the window. Mm. He couldn't apply no more, and we saw what happened, right? Same thing with Anthony Joshua, you know, six foot eight kind of guy, and he went toe to talk in some ways, right? But Joseph Parker, he doesn't fit into that kind of. You know, into that into that bracket. Tyson yeah. Fury, six foot nine. Anthony Joshua, six foot eight. Wilder, six foot seven, six foot eight. You know, we're in an era of super heavyweight. So, yeah. you know, he has to rely on his speed and things like that. But in heavyweight, of the stretch of a fight, if it's true heavyweight in the big modern day heavyweight is engaging you. You know, that's it. Because I feel like Gerald Miller I'll probably do the same thing to him. You know, this guy comes in at three hundred pounds. Mm. So I think that's one, one aspect To be, I think. You know, he's reluctant to engage. I think initially he did, but I think he just realized he's gonna have real no true impact until it's later down the stretch. Yeah. You know, and you know the, someone who's coming oh, a stone heavier, it's like I was saying, you know, to keep that guy up him, like right, you're gonna have to keep on throwing heavy, heavy bombs to try and discourage this guy. And it just wasn't it just wasn't working. Every time he throwing those heavy bombs, it's exerting a lot of energy, right? Mm. And the final thing I think it is, you know, I think, you know, he's probably lost a bit of hunger, you know, because money yeah. is such a thing in life, yeah. right? He's, he's made eight, nine million quid, I reckon, from, uh, from the Joshua fight. If you just do that like, quick calculation, we heard Joshua got about 15, 16 mil, right? We know he roughly got 35%. So if you're working backwards, it works out to be about eight, nine mil, right? So that's a nice bit of change, you know? For Someone who's not had that kind of money, it's a lot of money suddenly, right? Yeah. And off this fight, would have got some... So I think, you know... You know, he got to the pinnacle of the sport, you know, he fought in a massive setting in Cardiff, right? Got eight, nine million quid. Is <laughs> anything really going to truly replicate that in his career again? Very unlikely, mm-hmm. right? So when you get to that those kind of heights, you're always going to look for something bigger to get that bug going, you know? So I think he's probably lost his hunger as well. And I think that came across in that fight, you know, you're right. You know, the the gloves were off. He just seemed poor answers, mm. you know, just getting bullied by Dillian White in that. You know, at the at the weigh-in, right? you know, doing well, literally in his face, and he's just moving his face away, like you know, like why his face smells or something. Like, Man, he can't be doing this, yeah. And, that. and during the fight itself as well, you know, he's just too soft. He's like, what are you doing, mate?
0: Yeah. you
1: know what I mean. So some aggression. So, uh, so some aggression, exactly. You know, backing off too quick. That's, that's Do you
2: think it was a lot? Do you think it was of nervous energy uh, used in the uh, the build-up and that sort of, that might have. A uh, detriment to his uh, to his performance, or do you just think it was that you know hunger that he just possibly didn't have knowing that a yeah. lot was on the line in this fight. I think so. I mean, don't get me wrong.
1: There, there, there was a lot on the line because the winner of this is only one place you can go after that, yeah, right? Okay. Really, any to be to to go any higher in that fight than those two, it's got to be you know it's got to be Wilder or Joshua, right? Yeah. Especially after that performance, right? There is really you know, no one, no one else. Which sort of leads on to the next question: Who should White fight next? Quite you.
0: Um, or Tom, do you want to? I'll let Tom answer that.
1: Okay, Tom, do they answer that, mate?
2: Yeah, in terms of um, obviously Parker dropping down, I think to uh, you know, in terms of the equivalent to domestic level. But for White, I think there's it's going to be that problem with obviously being prevented to have that um, world title shot with. The various shenanigans that the WBC have been, you know, doing with all these like uh, false eliminators that they've been coming out with to say that these will be ordered to fight next. Um, I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing White against maybe Pulev. I mean, and if he doesn't get that world title shot, I mean, who else could he possibly, you know, fight? I think a Chizora rematch would be good to see, especially after Chizora's, uh, you know, stoppage. On the weekend, but I think a Pulev would be a decent opponent if he wasn't to get a world title shot. If I'm being
1: honest, yeah, Pulev, Pulev's got. uh It's been ordered to. I and have been ordered to face each other, and it has gone to purse bids. So yeah. I know Pulev's out, out of the question. Mm. I think like Cesaro is probably a step down for him at this stage, regardless of what people say. He was a sluggest, He was a brilliant potential. Fight. I don't know. You know, he was a fight of the year contender. You mm. know. Um, and I just think, you know, at this stage of his career, I mean, he's been through two solid wars now, yeah. right? You know, you know, it's not fair on someone as well, you know, especially when he wants to get a fight with the likes of Joshua and Wilder, and he's, he's looking at April. I mean, he's going to be waiting for that fight to fall apart between Joshua and Wilder, so hopefully he can get the rematch with Joshua or a fight with Wilder, right? For him to go into a fight of that magnitude, just before that, he's in another war. Right, it's gonna drain the guy. It just affects his opportunities for the next one, I think. So I think yeah. you know it's gonna be you know something not so hard, you know, um, some, some you know someone not even a, Gerald Miller, you know, someone like that or Dominic Brazil, one of those types of guys, you know, where mm. you know it should be a reasonably easy fight for him, in my opinion.
0: I mean, I think for yeah. me, if I'm if I was to answer that question, my My, I'll say, dream answer would be, I think, Luis Ortiz. Um, Or he should wait it out because I do believe that um, White, if I was to look at all of the heavyweights that are in contention without Bell, obviously, um, he deserves the opportunity to get a title shot probably at least the most, if not, you know, he's one or two. There's only two, him and and, and who else, to be fair? Um, I think he definitely deserves a shot. So for me, I would like yeah, to Ortiz. see um, no uh, D- Dillian White. I think Dillian White, White deserves a fight yeah. at, with. So and the, the, the 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 annoying thing is is that I think they're gonna make the Joshua White rematch because you can see the you can see the story. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's I don't think there'll be any different result personally. But um, yeah, I think he definitely deserves it. I can't see you know we're gonna touch on the whole Wilder thing. Um, I don't see that happening now because if you're looking at Wilder fighting Fury potentially November December even if he gets out in the next six weeks, which is probably going to be unlikely, he's um, always going to be a low yeah. opponent. I think the trouble for White as well is going to be that, can he fight anybody with any quality going into it? I mean, I think he has to look at the Sam Sexton's at his world, because those yeah. are the only guys where you can get a bit of a run out, maybe work on the double jab, you know, get some rounds and then bang, you know, get another knockout, yeah. it's on the highlight reel, um, and then they kind of build it up going into the Joshua one. I think if he takes anybody... like Say so again,
1: yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. You just said the same thing, because you know all of those lines, because you know that was his first pay per view fight, yeah. you know, and off the back of that performance of what has happened, turn is going to know people will now pay for a Dillion White fight. Yeah. off the back of the Chisora fight, off the back of the Parker fight, right? People are generally now paying. He's got a second heavyweight pay per view card coming yeah. up, right? Yeah. And if he does another highlight, like, real knockout of someone, Hearn can just sell it at the mass casuals again, and he's going to have like a second Joshua. It might be not that big, but you can imagine, right? You can imagine the pay per view sales on a Joshua White rematch if they like promote him on the back of that Chisora's like this, right? The historical beef between the two, exactly. the Parker fight, they relate you back to, you know, the common opponents. Right, and, and they're going to sell it as White is now far better fighter than he was. This could potentially be a 60, 40, 50 50 fight. That's how it's going to be portrayed. Yeah. right? 100%. So it could be, end up being, you know. The only other thing is, I was going to, have to say, yeah, I really like the idea of Ortiz fight. And what I would think, yeah, is if they, if they agree that, you know, Wilder Joshua fight, then the best option would be
0: Ortiz White fight as well. As whoever wins, they fight the winner. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, All right. right so
1: follow, following on from that guys we had another amazing performance Del Boy Derek Chisora back from the ashes you know Fort Takam a previous Joshua opponent who went 11 rounds with Joshua before being stopped in my opinion in a very controversial fashion what guys would you make of the fight? Tom do you want to go? yeah I
2: think um, it's what it's this type of performance that Shizora was probably hiding for a long time. I mean, he's like the weather when it comes to turning up on the night. I think having, I mean, I saw a footage today of him sparring um, Brian Jennings and just the ferociousness of their spar could see that he was bang up for the fight. And yeah, to make that sort of statement, it's definitely catapulted his position um, in the division. I wouldn't get too sort of, overhyped about the performance because, I mean, up until the, the knockout,
0: I mean, I, I will say, Tom, um, I, get, I definitely think Um, in terms of, like, uh, the fight potentially being stopped, um, I think it would have been harsh. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I think it was their game plan. I think the key thing that Chisorg was kind of doing was he wasn't unanswering punches from Takam for a long length of time. So even if Takam was throwing a few combinations, you know, every now and then... Chizora would kind of just throw a body hook or, 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 or throw a jab. Um, I think as well he was blocking a lot of shots but yeah I think you know ultimately um from a hype machine or a hype trade I think he deserves it and I'll say this for me to see or to hear the O2 screaming out Del Boy old or oh Derek Chizora, um I you would I wouldn't have believed that would have happened. Um, so I think he's definitely been able to pick himself up off the canvas. I think he's another name that domestically he can you know, create some entertaining fights. I think the key thing with Chizora is, is just that if he's up for it in the training, um, and you usually see that from his social media, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you, you've you seen him on a fight and you're like, I didn't even know he was fighting, he wasn't training. Um, and then other times, you know he's in a fight because he's constantly showing work. So, um, yeah, I think he, he, he definitely deserved that win. Um, I mean, for me, yeah. I do want to, unfortunately... Talk about, and I know we'll get into it, I do really want to talk about the fact that Takam had two months to prepare for this fight and couldn't stop Chisora. Um, so what does that say about his quality um, before we even talk about the fact Chisora stopped him? I mean, where do we rate Takam as an opponent? Is he a quote-unquote bum? I wouldn't say that. I mean, he's definitely up
1: there as a world-class fighter, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw the way he started the fight. You know, he was pounding Chisora, right? He had him against the ropes for a few of the rounds. At some point, I was thinking, is Chisora doing a rope-a-dope? I don't know if that was the plan, to wear the guy out, you know? No. But there was times, you know, in the first round, I thought, damn, he's going to get stopped. Even in the first round, I mean, takam was onto him like a bolt of lightning. But the fight started, he's on him, he had him against the ropes. And that happened for, you know, long periods of the fight, and I think... I think what's happened is, during that fight, Takam is clearly gassed. So it's like what you were saying with that part of the tactic. You know, everyone's getting pounded he's not doing anything. I just had this thing of a rope a in my mind. I'm thinking, could that be the case? Is that what they're trying to do? Mm. But he was taking a lot of punishment, right? You know, for Takam to have been stopped, I think, man, like, people like Joshua couldn't stop this guy. He is definitely world-class. Right? There's no question of that, um, in my opinion. You know, he's not there up there with a, a top elite-level fighters, but he's just below... That
0: level, you know. I mean, I don't think he right. is, but yeah. Okay. But yeah, but no, oh, well, but, but <clears throat> I don't think he's a bum either. I'll, I'll be, I mean, to be fair, I don't think he's world class, um, but I definitely don't think he's a bum. <clears throat> I think it's just more about how we measure this as opponent when we like to use CVs yeah. as a reason why people shouldn't fight each other. How does Chis- yeah. Takam it's, it's like CV look now? Getting knocked out by Chizora. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, from now, I mean, my question: Who could you all fight now?
1: So, I mean, I mean, I think like you know, off the back of that performance, you know, he's definitely been shot up into you know, everything that's like led by social media these days, right? Oh. And and publicity and how much popularity someone has got, you hit the nail on the head, right? When have we ever heard? anybody shout out Dillboy. boy where a whole arena shouting his name out right now we have got to bear in mind right He's now a very very marketable product the mm. Dillion white fight a lot of people thought he won i thought he won that Dillion white fight yeah most right?
0: people
1: did then he's got you know then he had this knockout real performance right so it's a bit it's a bit unfair to almost say like you know his. He's come out of the ashes like a Phoenix Dash was in again. Because, you know, that was a good fight he had against, uh, against Dillian White, you know. So I think he deserves a solid fight now. You know, it's just a question of who does he fight. Mm. I would love to see him fight. I would, love, You know, an Ortiz fight would be a good fight, I reckon. Yeah. You know, if he fights Ortiz, it's probably going to be taken out, right? But imagine he beats Ortiz. Mm. Like, just imagine that. That fight in the UK would sell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. You, you know. If they have something like Dylan White fight main card with Derek Chisora with Lou Tools is an undercard, that in my opinion would be a pay per view fight.
0: Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I, I, I agree. agree. Yeah. I mean, Tom. Wh- wh- what would you say? Who, who? Who else? What names would you throw into the mixer? Yeah. I mean, like it's hard to um, say whether you
2: know he's gonna take a fight. Beyond domestic level, is he going to wait around to see if he can get that final eliminator for a world title? But I think yeah, Nam perfectly sums it up there with Ortiz. I mean, it's a sellable fight. has made a massive statement there, you know, knocking out someone that Joshua took 11 rounds before stopping, and in controversial uh, fashion. So I mean, it just it's just sort of shaking up the division, you know, massively now because it's kind of where you put a lot of miles on the clock. Has um, he, if he you got it in him to you know, have three or four fights, meaningful fights, and he's That's a good
0: actually. That's a very good shout. To be fair, that's a George,
2: why not see late
0: season? Uh, for I me, George, I think Jerome No, Jerome G- Miller. Sorry, I think Chizor and Jerome Miller. Sorry. I, I, yeah, that, that sounds like a cr- great fight. Actually, be would have a slugfest in my
1: opinion. Yeah,
0: I think it'll be good. But then it raises uh, Miller's name because now Chizor is obviously a name. Um, so yeah, if they can d- build it up like what you're saying, whenever Dillian White fights, make. Should all be on the undercard, so it's just you know, you know two guys are coming to fight. Uh Miller would definitely yeah. be interested in that. Um, yeah, I think it also if P- Dylan White wants to become a pay-per-view sort of like uh, regular, I think that's what he needs. He needs undercards which are gonna provide knockouts because you yeah. know, as you were saying about the event and the hearn and leading up to it, you know, a lot of people were like, Oh, I'm not paying £20 for this. Who are these people on undercard? Blah blah blah, and I said, Listen, I'm paying for it and I'm paying for it for the Delboy. Uh, for the Chizora Takan fight and the white Parker, because I think that's what I was paying for. Yeah. So, and um, a lot of people afterwards like, yeah, 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 it was worth it. That was worth it. So I think yeah. they've definitely, you know, in terms of like a result, return on investment, I think a lot of people will be pleased with the fact they paid yeah. that uh, on the night. So yeah, moving on, guys. Um, this week, I think, what is it, yesterday? Um, we all kind of got for, uh, 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 audio sent to, to to many of us early in the morning uh, with Warren's interview on TalkSport, um, and in that interview in TalkSport, he cla- says that Fury and Wilder is a talk is a fight that he's having talks with, and they are in negotiations potentially to look at a two fight deal similar to the Ward Kovalev. Um, guys, what do you think about this matchup? Don Tom, presumably, yeah. Um, I mean,
1: in
2: terms of a matchup. I mean, everyone wants to see Fury back at uh, world level, but you have to be realistic. He's fighting TMS on the 18th of August, and then you're giving yourself what three, four, four months to prepare for a world fight. potentially the end of November, early December. I mean, I don't really take much from it. I kind of now since Fury's return, I've just been sort of you know at a slow, a slow pace. Really, the way his um, I expect his career to. Uh, well, this of his career to unfold, but, I mean, if there is talks, you know, about a wilder fight at the end of the year, then why not? But, I mean, to be realistic, you kind of have to step your level of opponent up before you can even start chasing the, uh, the world champions. But, you know let's just see what happens in the next few weeks and not get too carried away with ourselves and see what comes to, yeah, uh, to sure. fruition. Sure. Yeah, I mean, my opinion is slightly different
1: from that, you know. To make a statement like we are in talks with the Wilder camp, right? Well, you've got to bear in mind, people are very critical of Fury now, especially after the fairy fight, number one. Number yeah. two, every few weeks is out with a, a video, dropping Joshua's name,
2: dropping Wilder's name, saying something negative, get controversy, get publicity, right?
1: Initially, it was like, brilliant, Fury video. It goes up, you get lots of comments, blah, blah, blah. Now people are bored with it. Oh, here we go, until he gets serious not bothered, right? That's the general attitude of Fury at the moment with fans, I feel. Now mm-hmm. you can't draw someone like Fury's name into social sorry, Wilder and his camp's name into social media like this and say you're in negotiations and one goes onto a nationwide radio show like TalkSport and talk about Fury fighting Wilder unless they're serious. Because if they're not serious and they're making these things, right? And they don't put it up, they're going to lose so much credibility, right? Let's let's just state that as a fact, right? You've got fans now talking about it. So, how can you get fans talking about this and then not be serious? And the fans, you're only going to breed disappointment in your own team. So, the moment you say, no, it's not happening, pick it for fuck's sake. That's the exact reaction that's going to happen. And you will see that build up massively throughout social media. The second thing as well, you know, they've done a massive move here, right? You know, it's a great, great, great chess move, right? They've bought up on the fact that there's two camps to the whole Joshua Wilder situation. A lot of people are saying, look, Hearn is manipulating, he's lying, he's just protecting Joshua, right? You've had two fights now where Joshua hasn't really truly performed, and you've had two fights, you know, with two previous opponents, and they've just ran each other. You know, this profile's going to start dipping. It's going to dip. The moment they say Fury's going to fight Wilder, their attention is going to move straight away to Fury. Mm. It's going to move to Fury, right? Now, you you cannot tell me that Warren, being an experienced promoter himself, right, would not have picked up on that to say that this is a golden
2: opportunity for us to take away the limelight, Mm. you know?
1: And look how they've done it. They've done it after this fight, Right, so the shine is off Joshua at the moment, right? You know they brought in Wilder's name. Wilder's probably thinking the same thing. He's probably pissed, right? He and his team are probably just pissed off, right, with the way they've been lied to and manipulated. Let's get that fact straight. There's no denying what's happened here. But everyone, mm. anyone that believes anything to the contrary is deluded, right? <laughs> straight up, yeah. You're gonna say, you know, the one very simple argument that proves that the case is. Where have you ever heard of a fight of that magnitude where that's one right. party is not given a percentage of the fight? Mm. Unheard of, right? You know that's just a deal breaker there and there, right? So Wilder's team are probably livid, and as soon as they've heard the theory's camp, you know what? It's a game changer. Because if Wilder wins, right, suddenly his fan base will explode. Because here comes the conqueror, of the man who beat the man, right? And Wilder himself has made a statement. I want to be the man who beat the man who beat the man, right? So if he yeah. beats Fury, he is really the true legitimate heavyweight, right? He is the real legitimate
0: heavyweight champion. So here's I'm the a thing, and I've go- le- got to caveat that though, and you know me, yeah. um, I've been calling for this fight for, 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 for a while now. Um, I think the real issue with that fight is, and this is where I'm in two minds. I'm like, I want to, the fight to happen. I believe, uh, you know, Warren is a serious negotiator in terms of wanting to make deals happen. I think, I think, gy- I was going to say Gypsy King, but I think Fury's crazy enough and ambitious enough and that confidence that he probably would try to take Deontay Wilder on by December. Um, my thing yeah. is, if Wilder wins, realistically, will he get the credit he deserves? Because I personally feel um, Fury that for Klitschko will be wilder, um, you know, for all for, oh, b- bags of reasons. But we don't know that is coming yeah. back. So this is why I'm a little bit like, <laughs> is the, who's the risk for? Like, is, the, is you know, is it, is it worth what, what, is Fury worth it? But then he's got that belief in himself. Um, there's the money also as well. Um, you know, we've got to look at what kind of deal they're potentially looking at the table because as much as people will say Joshua is a star... Fury has become a star off of Joshua's name, even though he beat the guy, beat the man, beat the man. When I say that, I mean, if Wilder wins, as you said, he will become known. Everyone will say, wow, he beat Fury. He might get criticised, but you have to respect him, um, and it's a name on his CV. But the prize for that, Coach, the prize of that is when it comes back to the negotiating table with Joshua, the cards have changed, mate. Yeah.
1: Build this champion, right? Yeah. Who has got massive exposure to the UK market, right? So he gives him an incredible position now to negotiate, right? Yeah. And bottom line is at that point Hearn and then Joshua can't do fuck all about it, right? Because the model we say, with all due respect, guys, this is the true heavyweight champion. It doesn't matter if you've got three trinkets and three belts, it's irrelevant. Right? We know who the real champion was, right? He's beating that guy. You need to then have serious discussions. you have got to forget this, this 15 million pounds, six feet. That's just the that's just deal-breaker and deliberate plot to fuck the fight up. Yeah. So that's why it's a massive gamble for Wilder. Because if it pulls you off, he's in that position, mm. right? And the other thing as well, let's not forget, right? Even with Fury, it's going to be a big fight. He's going to make a lot of money, mm. right? Even in the UK, with BT Sport, right? With pay-per-view, he will get a lot of money, right? It's the next best thing to a Joshua fight right now. And if he wins, he comes out
0: very, very, very strong in a yeah. negotiating point of view. Yeah, and the, and the, and 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 the other thing as well, just to quickly add is, yeah, I, I guess the bottom line is it's 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 what you're saying, there. It's 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 a, it's a credible CV, it's name, it's money. So yeah, it's the probably the be, not it's not the best option, but it kind of is because he stopped. Or we'll get into yeah. the OTs. but really Fury is oh. probably the the best other option because White is going to be unrealistic given that he's just fought Parker. I don't think anybody would yeah. be convinced to see Parker fight potentially Pulev, but obviously the Pulev thing has gone to purse bid for the mandatory for the WBA. So, yeah, who knows what's going to happen, but, um, yeah, we'll see. So, um, Tom, uh, just so, so, so now, what the response, do you want to talk about the res- ask about the belly? the talk sport? Yeah, so, yeah, so, guys, you know, we've, we've heard, uh, we've seen the video going around talk, the talk sport thing
1: where Frank Warren has come on To talk about the Fury, the situation, Tony Billy was on the show as well, and his usual very condescending, I love Mm. Matchroom, I love Sky, I'm Matchroom Sky kind of attitude, in a very condescending manner, talking to Frank Bowen, saying he doesn't believe him, etc. Again, it's that same thing, who do you believe, right? So, guys, over to you. Do you believe Warren was lying by the contract?
0: Um... I mean, Tom, do you want to go there? I've been rubbing on, so you you want to answer that one? And I'll go after you, mate. Yeah, no, to be fair, Coach,
2: I mean, you said that, you know, Warren is very uh, serious negotiation. I have to say, to be honest with you, belittling Warren like that. You know, I think you just should stick to letting the promoters do, you know, that's a lot, it is frustrating from sort of, I know, like, obviously we work within the, the box of media, but we're not given, obviously, the insight that these, uh people are given with all these negotiations and the logistics of contracts and stuff but from like a fan's perspective I think you know just let the promoters do their job and I think with all this interference with fighters demanding this saying that oh well he's not your promoter so you have no entitlement to a contract or any sort of insight into what um, negotiations were carried out between AJ and yeah, Wild. I think it's very frustrating and uh, yeah. I mean uh, I experience I think Warren. I think Warren's uh, serious about you know, a fight with um, with Wilder. I think if you're reaching out to the American market and you know you're saying, well, I mean, is, is Wilder going to get the credit he deserves for beating Fury? Coming back with two, you know, very very poor uh, sort of opponents. So obviously, we don't know how the uh, the piano fight is going to go down. But yeah, to say, you know that. It's, it's perfect for Wilder to fight Fury having had that two-and-a-half-year layoff and then come back with opponents like he's faced. I mean, it's going to give them an incentive to be like, you know, let's get Fury now and then that Joshua
0: fight has to materialise it. There's no reason as to why it shouldn't, so. Yeah, no, 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 definitely agree with you on that. Um, I think it was interesting to see Bellews sort of quick to defend and, you know, we know we know Bellews kind of that guy. There's no way he's going to, kind of not give his opinion. Um, but I do think, you know, you're talking about a guy who boxes and a guy that promotes, understands the business and has no real reason to lie. I know everyone's going to say the whole Warren matchroom, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Warren matchroom. But I think we've got to kind of stop that now, especially because we're talking about um uh Andrade fighting Billy Joe Saunders, which we haven't, obviously we missed that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that show goes, goes to show that like business deals can be done. Um, so my point is why would Warren go on a national station and, and make a lie? And furthermore, Espinoza's backed that up. So I don't think he's lying. I think if we probably trawled through the videos, we would see that Hearn has himself said that he received the contract. I think we know they received some type of contract or, 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 or sheet or term, term sheets. Um, so yes, yeah, so I think for me that, that, that makes it interesting, um, And when I say interesting, just in terms of the whole Bellew and Fury thing, because obviously Bellew and Fury have got a bit of needle. Um, You know, yeah, I I don't see either of them being characters that will back down. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out in the background, because obviously Bellew refused to believe that Fury would go into a fight like Wilder for his third fight returning. Um, But yeah, that that was my...
2: Do you think it's a ploy for U too? Obviously, the way he reacted to hearing about the uh, contracts made to Warren about the Wilder fight Do you he it's a ploy for him to try and claw his way back in, um, to having you know the fight with Fury before any sort of targets of Wilder and Joshua happen um, for the end of the year or early next year?
0: Yeah, may- maybe not a ploy. Maybe, 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 but maybe ploy slash. I like Belly, but he, maybe slight. But in this, maybe, I don't know. And the reason I say that is because, you know, we all wouldn't... I think it was fair to say that Belly would only beat Fury with the layoff. I.e., he, he can't fight the Fury that beat Klitschko. I don't believe he has a chance. Um, and Um Yeah, but I mean, other point you've got
1: to bear in mind here. Uh, he's very, very close to getting to fight now. You know, he's doing a lot of <clears throat> you know, interviews on that. You know, he fought... Uh, he done an interview about the Usyk fight saying look you know if I fight Usyk he's going to be his last fight
0: Yeah.
1: you know he said "You know, he made that comment you know he said look I've spoken you know, the guy in amateurs it's just another level and if I win it's likely I'm going to take a, a, a lot of beating in this fight but I'm going to win I mm. don't know how but I'm going to win you know like he always says <laughs> so I don't think he wants to fight Fury anymore mm. I think it's more like stick like, to number one bitterness mm. and I think I think Bellew is is positioning himself definitely after his career in boxing to have some kind of role in matchroom and definitely with Sky. I mean, you can see that from years ago. He's always ran uh, her. He's always just treating her like some kind of God's gift. You know, you you can see that. You know, it's just sort of cringy at some point. So I don't think it can't be employed to fight Fury uh, because I did think that at one stage, right? But then when you see that Usyk discussions and the interviews you know that's getting quite serious it could be that he also to have this Fury thing in the background of some kind of negotiation we do see, like well if you don't find me i find Fury, and by this yeah. happening that just throws it out the window right you know that option they would have had going into discussion is gone mm. right so uh, so going back to the contract situation we're on i mean i agree with close completely on this we know there was a contract because they've spoken about it barizona has spoken about the contract right you know you know, the offer The offer was there, they never accepted that offer, right, they never outright rejected, they just never accepted the offer, mm. so, yeah, the contract was there, you know, and every, I mean, why, why would Warren lie? Warren has, Warren has seen it, he's saying, number one, but, for him to then name drop, Showtime, and say, Showtime have guaranteed it, you've got to understand the legal implications of making comments like that, right, and Warren knows all about litigation, because it's, litigated and sued a number of people over the years mm. there is no way someone that savvy legally speaking right would name drop Showtime on a 50 million pound guarantee if mm. it was not true mm. you
0: yeah. know so that's that's just my view on it you know yeah uh, yeah. Um, yeah so I guess guys this is, our last one on this is um, so um, obviously we know what we're, what's been negotiated which fight would you prefer to watch though Wilder versus Fury or Wilder versus Joshua. I think Wilder versus Joshua at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah, has got to be it's got to be Wilder versus
1: Joshua still. Yeah. You know that that is the fight. Yeah. You know, uh, we're say saying you know, you're still coming back from a layoff. We don't know how it's gonna go. You know, he is a technical genius. We didn't see anything in the Sepheri fight because he probably just wasn't bothered at all. Mm. But yeah. that's not that's not to say he still hasn't got his abilities. You know, the only thing that will really be affecting him at this stage is. Things like timing, you know, a bit of ring rust. Is he back to complete fight fitness and match fitness? You know, what are you got to bear in mind, so he's so clever If you in the ring, right? He basically knows, right? So long as he moves, Wilder cannot touch him. Yeah. Because Wilder is a stationary target. Mm.
0: Right? To
1: be able to load up and hit someone, right, you've got to be doing it while they're stationary, right? Because if you're moving and they're moving, you can't load up and hit someone hard. Okay. You
0: know exactly. what I mean? Three, That's not no, I agree, bro. No. I, I agree. I think, yeah. We, I mean, we know that the Fury's light-footed, you know, that that, that alone and his switch hitting will confuse Wilder. And that's yeah. why I say if it's the Klitschko of old, then he's got a chance because obviously Klitschko really only landed one solid blow on Fury. Um, and we yeah. could argue with Wilder, that's all it could potentially take. Um, for me, um, yeah. I agree with you. I think it definitely has to be Joshua. I think you're talking about guys at their prime, um, as much as I think it will be good, you know, with the politics of Wilder versus Fury, um, I think the fight we need to see is Wilder, is, is Wilder Joshua, Joshua Wilder. Um, I think anything else is cool, but it's not really what we want to see. Um, yeah. So, uh, moving on subjects, uh, in M.
1: Yes, guys. So we saw return of Ortiz this weekend. Ortiz, who is a honorary member of the Raps on TV Facebook group. And we name him all the time. <laughs> um he fought Why Kajanu not? who was a he was ex opponent of Joshua uh, Joshua Joseph Parker. Um so is he back? Is he back or is he just fought a pretty bad opponent,
2: guys? Yeah, no, I mean pretty bad opponent, I mean Kajanu isn't someone really you can you can label any more than a sparring partner really, if I'm being you know, brutally honest. So get like in preparation to be in the parker fight he had uh, last summer, yeah, I mean, just very, very negative fighter. And I thought, well, Parker against AJ was very negative, but I, I, I haven't seen a, a more negative opponent in as Kajani was. But I think mean, just, I mean, it's self you know, explanatory for um, Ortiz to get him out of there early and just, uh, yeah, look, well, I mean, he couldn't really learn much, but yeah, just to keep himself, um, you know, relevant in the in the, the elite mix and have made a statement that can, you know, count, counterbalance with a statement such as uh, what Chisora did on the weekend and White beating Parker. I mean, he just needed to, yeah, I mean, with all the attention across the, the shores to make sure that he wasn't messing about with a, uh, an opponent like Tijani, so...
0: Yeah, no, I think for me, I definitely think he hit the nail on the head. I don't think Kajan is the worst opponent. Um, but I think the key thing is he'd done what you would have wanted him to do. Get him out there in less than three rounds. Um, and and he yeah. done that and he set it up well. And, I mean, with Ortiz, what I like with him is when he throws those big shots, and you saw this against the, in, in the Wilder fight, is is his concentration and the focus he has to land that shot. Um, um, I think for me, there are some talking points in that fight, though, because obviously he hit Kajanu with a big right hand um and that was it for for Kojanu so you know that shows that he's got the he still got power because I would argue that you know lesser guys have gone further um and I think for me it goes to show that you know Ortiz can still do something in the division I don't think he's a total write off um I didn't like the fact he said you know uh, as far as I'm concerned I never lost to Wilder because I was like well you got stopped there wasn't a real robbery or any massive controversy so He's got to just hold that L. Um, But I do think, you know, in terms of the heavyweight division, um, a lot of people will say, um, you know, it's not the greatest, it's not the Tyson era. But I think if you're looking at competitive matchups, if everybody's down and kind of not on the bullshit, I think we could have some really good fights in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. You know, you've still got the likes of a Huey Fury, um, who I still think could potentially not, not be a world title challenger, but could bring some good fights. Jawell Miller, Jarrell Miller, who we've spoken about. Um, obviously, your Wilder, Joshua's and Fury's. Um, but, you know, Dillian White is obviously one there that is now it is now here. Um, Daniel Dubois, um, you know, Nathan Gorman. So these are guys that can fight. Dave Allen, I don't rate him highly, but, you know, he got a great knockout last weekend. So, you know, yeah, I think the heavyweight division for, on the whole is, is definitely on the up. That's not even mentioning the guys like Pulev, Karanaki, that's coming through. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, m- m- moving right, on, so guys. We've
2: got, obviously, the fights from the, uh, the States. Um, Mikey Garcia successfully defending his belt and picking up the uh, the IBF strap against the Junior. So, Coach, do you want to uh, summarise the fight, break it down for us, and, uh, yeah, just sort of give your opinion on how impressed you were with Mikey Garcia um, on the weekend.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, we can go back and forth on it. I mean, yeah, definitely, again, I watched that um, found the stream... And uh yeah, for some reason disappointed with Box Nation, that's my complaint. You should have been showing that fight, I don't care about your relationship with Top Right. Um but no that that I I watched that uh that night of boxing and yeah for Garcia I have to say I'm impressed. It's there's not too much to say about the performance, more about what the the impact of the performance and the future for Garcia. Um one of the things I was looking for was to see how he negates the range. Um you know, I felt that he fought very smartly. I felt that, you know, I mean, let's not forget he dropped East uh cleanly, um, caught him with a sharp right. Um, and uh, for me, I think Mikey Garcia, it wasn't an outstanding performance, but it was a performance of levels. You know, you're talking about timing, yeah. uh, measuring your distance, counter-attacking, uh, moving, not being caught up in a clinch because you've, you, you know, you've got, you, you're negating a 10-inch reach uh, between the two guys. Clearly, it was all about, well, what could he do against a uh, lot Spence Jr.? I know he's called him out. I think it's great that he's called him out. Um, but I'm going to say, for me, I think he shouldn't go there. Not even because I favour Spence for getting all of that. More, I think Crawford or Lomachenko are probably more evenly matched in the sense that these are guys that are smaller in weight, probably more closer, um, and strength isn't going to be a defining factor. We've seen over the, over the years that A a, a good, strong boxer, fighter um, can can have their way. So um, for me, I felt it was good. Easter Junior didn't offer much. He just he just got He was second best to everything. Um, Tom, what what do you think?
2: Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I mean, the way he yeah measured the distance, uh, knowing that Easter was the naturally bigger man with the longer arms. Yeah, I mean, he sort of you know the way he was able to target. To the body and heads, um, evading sort of any, you know, when Easter was trying to close the distance, being able to step out of range and then pick um, Easter off. And obviously, the flash knockdown in the third round definitely changed the momentum. Uh, I mean, Mikey then just sort of built from strength to strength down the stretch and uh, was able to close the fight out comfortably. And I think, like you just said there, with a Lomachenko or a Crawford, they are definitely evenly. Evenly matched. I think if he was to step up to 147 and fight Spence, there's a lot more that Spence would be looking at um, in the fight with. Um, yeah, obviously looking into the fight with Easter Junior, thinking there are things that he can exploit, and there's a lot more sort of aspects of um, Spence's game defensively, very sound, um, but attacking wise, he's uh, yeah, he's able to. Inflict a lot of damage on his opponents, and I think up close
0: on the inside, I think Spencer would have the upper advantage, if I'm being
2: totally honest. Yeah, no, you, yeah, I don't, I don't think if you should go to that Spencer, I mean, Spencer Jr. is talking about it as well. He
1: says, you know, I don't know, Spencer Jr. is going to get no real credit for fighting such a small guy. I don't know yeah. why he's even thinking about it, to be honest. It's going to be a real, I mean, what Mikey Garcia has probably seen, he's probably seen technical flaws in Spencer Jr., right? Because what we've seen with Salah Spence Jr., he's a beast. That's the thing about him. He's an absolute beast, right? Mikey Garcia is a beast at a smaller weight, but he's technically such a sound guy, right? I think the a real fight of the ages, right now, is he should fight Lomachenko, because mm. that would really seal his position. forgets because, you know, exactly. if someone doesn't fight Spence Jr., you know, he it, it, you know, could affect him for the rest of his career. It's one of those type of fights, you know? Yeah.
0: It should be advice to stay away from it, fight Loma. And if he fights Loma, like, how do
1: you think that
0: works out? Who wins? Yeah. Um sorry, say that again, mate. Well, if he fights Lomachenko Who wins? Um, Loma, I, I'm picking, I, I, I for me, I think I'm picking Garcia, um, after the Easter Junior fight. Um I think it will be maybe, you know, Lomachenko's next opponent that could make me change my mind. Um but you know, I think, yeah, what we saw against Linares, I think that's something that Garcia would have looked at. And that's what kind of surprises me is that they're kind of dismissing that. I think, you know, you said something there, Namis, that it's like, what essentially, what, what's going to build his legacy more? And I think that Lomachenko does more for his legacy than Errol Spence Jr., especially from a casual perspective. It would be a wonderful achievement, but... How many of the guys are going to look at it and think, oh, yeah, he beat Spence Jr. as opposed to, oh, he beat the Matrix. This guy must be fantastic. Do, do you get where I'm coming from?
1: And don't forget, he could become the undisputed uh, uh, £135 champion. Yeah. Lomachenko is fighting Beltran for uh, the WBA belt. I'm pretty sure Beltran is
0: the WBA belt holder. Yeah, I think right? you're right. So... Right, so in
1: essence, if you beat him,
0: has got two belts. Garcia's got two belts. Exactly. Really, it just makes sense for both of them to just get it on. Just get it. That to be exactly. and to be, champ, e- exactly, and that's, to be fair, that's, that should be the only argument. And then, because then you're doing essentially what Crawford's done at you know in the weight at the division above you at the time. But then it's like, well, actually, Garcia Crawford is a real fight. Then Do you see what I mean? Because there's not that much yeah. difference. I just think. Yeah, I think it's good. Um I think it's good for Spence Jr as well because they're calling his name, he's getting irritated. I don't know if you guys saw um, him and uh, Crawford had a bit of Twitter beef and to be fair, Crawford's yeah. not scared. Even the way he said it, he's yeah. like, man, I'm not, he's like you'll see. I yeah. you'll see. So I'm like, okay, well, that's Crawford that's good to see. It.
1: Crawford was like you to realize I on the street. Like yeah, all of it. Yeah, yeah. this box is all mine. Yeah, and it
0: was
1: just piped up, make a comment, and I've you know, "Look, man, corporate is about that life. We know that. Yeah, he's not out to play. I think he beats Spence Jr. To be
0: honest. You yeah, know, I, I think he beats him. Yeah, I'm you know, not I so sure. I just think it's
1: just technically just superior kind of guy. You know.
0: See, I you know, think, Spence. and I will say, I mean, you were saying it earlier. For me, Spence Jr. Is technically up there. I mean, don't forget, he's Olympic. He 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 yeah. he he's fought the Olympics. Um. I want to say what medal he took. I want to say he got gold, didn't he? Um, nah, I don't think he got gold. He didn't get gold. No,
1: no, no. Did he even get? Yeah, no. Because like there was that guy, Nick Hernandez, I think. I can't remember his name. Right, in the last Olympics, he was the first Olympian, American Olympian to get a gold, to get a medal in a long
0: time. Okay, okay, right. yeah. So, um, so yeah. So for me, I think Errol Spence is up there technically. Um, and I think he'll we'll, we'll see that. Um. Again, I think it's the size that will let Crawford down, but Crawford is a fucking fighter and he's hungry. So, yeah, um, for me, um, I think it's going to make 147 a very, very interesting division. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what happens next. Um, so, Tom, you want to talk about the Luke Campbell news that yeah, we heard? No, really? I was just going to raise the point there before I move on to yeah. the uh, to, um, a bit of news this week about Luke Campbell joining McGuigan
2: and obviously Joe jo- jo- Joyce's. Trial period with Abel Sanchez. I just wanted to uh, touch on the uh, the welterweight division. You just said there, you know, um, it's heating up very nicely. Who do you guys um, see uh, winning the Garcia Porter fight? Obviously, we had the first press conference yesterday. Garcia reckons that he's an all-round better fighter than Porter. You know that Porter's said that he's always had that underdog mentality, and that could possibly play a factor in the fight. Um, Yeah, who do you see winning that fight? I think Porter wins that fight. I
1: think you know, I think he's got too much he's too much of a dog for Garcia, I think, to be able to keep him off. And think about Porter's been after Garcia for a long, long, long time. He made that crazy kind of W W F kind of video with a cowboy hat, do you remember a long yeah. time ago? And I just don't think Garcia's got the strength. They've probably got the strength, I don't know if he's got the ability, right, you know to keep Porter and Porter's got a serious chin as well right you know I just don't think he can keep Porter off I mean
0: Porter's just non-stop he's yeah. just a relentless kind of guy so for know. me I, I'm, I'm slightly really reverse and you know? I think I mean in terms of I probably would pick Porter I think I might I'll, 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 I'll pick closer to the time but at the moment I'll probably say Porter I think actually I think Garcia's probably got the boxing ability but it's the strength where I feel that he's going to be lacking considering that you know Porter was Originally, sort of like in that middleweight kind of zone, and you know, he's quite stocky. Um, he's high pressure type of fighter, you know, always going to be up in up, up on your chest trying to fight in the inside. Um, I think that's what Garcia may struggle to deal with. Um, but it's Garcia's got a horrible hook as well, he's got a
1: powerful hook. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, Porto is going to be coming in, you know, if he gets his timing right, bang. I'm just not saying like Porto doesn't go down. Yeah, that's but this possible. is it.
0: Right? This is it. You know? Yeah, so, and that's what I mean. So it's like, no matter how much you keep punching him, similar to what we saw with a little bit with Parkers, are you going to be able to stop him coming at you? And, I, and that's what I don't know. Um, I think it's a really good match-up, to be fair, especially because we're looking at a WBC King after that. Um, yeah, Tom, what do you think? Who are you picking? Yeah, I'm picking uh, Porter to win
2: the fight. I think, like Anani said there about Porter's, you know, always on your chest. He's relentless. And, I, I mean, I don't dispute that Partier's got the technical ability, it's just whether he's able to keep Porter at bay for the 12 rounds when, you know, Porter's pressing the pace. Even if Porter thought he was winning the fight, he'd still be on top of you for the 12 rounds. But that's what separates him in terms of physicality with the other welterweights out there. And he's always going to give you a hard night's work. So, I mean, purely on work rate, I think uh, Porter wins. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. If Garcia showed an extra sort of le- level or two to his game, which could possibly uh, see him over the line. So it's, it's interesting the, intriguing matchups. Uh, let's not forget. Happens. Let's not forget. Sean
1: Porter is an ex-guest of the show as well, so we're going to big him up just for that. You
0: mm-hmm. know, big up, big up, big up, <laughs> big up. So yeah, Tom, you want to you want to yeah. quickly catch on 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 the news or? Yeah. Yeah,
2: just before we wrap up, uh, Luke Campbell's uh, parted ways um, with Jorge Rubio. The two have uh, ended on good terms, and now he's joined uh, McGuigan's stable. Uh, he's joining uh, Josh Taylor. So, yeah, I, mean, I think we pay good money to watch them to uh, spar. It would be great to see um, how he settles in the McGuigan gym. And obviously both going for uh, world titles this possibly the end of this year. Uh, Taylor in the World Boxing Super Series, and... Uh, Luke Campbell has his own sights on you know, getting back to the top, so it's interesting to see how the two will, uh, work together. You guys have any thoughts on uh, how do you think the, uh, the pairing? Will, uh, how do you think the will help uh, Campbell in terms of getting into that world title again? Well, I think he's gonna just move back because
1: he just wants to be closer to home. I think that's that's probably why he's joined get That's that's the impression I get. I mean. You know, Luke Campbell is an all-round brilliant fighter, you know. Jorge Rubio is, you know, is an elite-level boxer trainer as well. You know, that Isaac Chamberlain's is just gone and joined his camp as well. I think yeah. it's, you know, I think it's more if he wants to be back in England rather than make any kind of technical changes. Mm. You know, nothing's come across in the interview where he's suggested anything like that. Anyway, we're running out of time, guys, so I'm going to quickly go over to Joy Jose, um, who was out in uh, Big Bear, California, uh, we saw on, on Facebook. On Facebook, his uh, manager Sam Jones of S Jam Boxing putting up a lot of posts that they're out there. I was thinking, what are they doing out there? Cause they're doing a lot of stuff with Triple G and all this kind of stuff, and they playing basketball with him. And they got announced yesterday that you know Abel Sanchez has agreed to now start training Joy Joyce, Joy Joel Joyce, which is which is great news. You know, so he's gone from one elite trainer, Ishmael Salas, is now based over in Dubai. and not know what he's doing out there, but he started a new venture apparently. Arabs to get the first Arab world champion. Maybe something to do with the world boxing super series going over to Jeddah. We should have, qu- we should have yeah. talked about that as one well as well, guys. We forgot to cover that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's that. Right. Uh, so guys, yes, let's, let's wrap up now. You know, we've got fans thanks again to, get to all, you know, all the callers, which we didn't have today, though. But so everyone that's listening, we can see we've got a lot of people listening again. Appreciate all the support. Big up all the guys on Facebook, social, and uh, all our social media page, pages. Pages. Don't forget to download via iTunes and Android podcast. And listen to the show on our YouTube account and also via Blog Talk
0: Radio. Definitely, Over definitely. Thank you very much, guys. Over and out. Have a good week. See you later, guys.
1: Yes, right.